Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Dope Black Disabled Podcast, home of unapologetic blackness, disability advocacy, pride and representation, and conversations that go there. Join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag DBDisabledPod. That's hashtag D-B-D-I-S-A-B-L-E-D-P-O-D. Let's get talking. Welcome to the Dope Black Disabled Podcast. This is a place we talk about life, career, love, faith and spirituality and society and pop culture joyfully and truthfully through the lens of disability. I'm Kimmy. I'm the boiler. Welcome to your new favorite podcast. So today, how do I feel? I feel alive. Let me tell you why I feel alive. All of a sudden, I'm just like, wow, 2021 is about to end. And I have made it. And I've seen people not make it. And the end of the year just makes me feel grateful. So hi, I'm Kimmy, and I'm alive. Devola, how do you feel? Oh, today I feel, I feel fulfilled, you know. I just feel that obviously, as you said, 2021 is about to finish. And I feel like, you know, it's been a quick year. It's been a successful year. Um, we've had this great podcast to talk. I've met new people, amazing people. Every single, well, every two weeks, I seem to meet newer, more amazing people. So I'm just grateful to be here. And I just feel fulfilled that, you know, we are making a difference with our podcast. That's how I feel today. Yes. And... Customary to the podcast, we say our auntie warning. So in this house, we say fuck and shit goes down. All the time. Okay. We're grown, we pay taxes. (laughs) My, my, My thing is we're too grown. We're way too grown to be bound by any rules okay so operation affirmation before we introduce our guest the affirmation for the day is even if i just get out of bed even if i just open my eyes even if i just smile today i have accomplished enough Sometimes we belittle our accomplishments. We feel like you have to fill your day so much and you feel like you haven't done enough because you're not doing what you have been told is important and is worthy. But you being alive, you being okay, you taking care of yourself, you remembering to eat, take your medications, reach out to family, take space from family, recuperate whatever you need to do for your survival. You have done enough. If all you did today 
was get out of bed, brush your teeth. Honey, bonus, if you took a shower, you've done enough. So happy Disability History Month. So the theme of this year's uh, Disability History Month is relationships and sex and disability and hidden impairment. I'm going to do a whole introduction, but before the synopsis of this month, I just want to take the time to introduce you to this queen. Today we're sitting down with this podcaster, this disability sex positivity advocate, this body positivity, just goddess, Joy from Joy's World podcast. Hey, queen. Hey, queen. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's it's about time at this point. Episode eleven. It is. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> it's it about, about time. time. It's nice to be here. Make yourself comfortable. Sip your drink. If I sit my drink, I might cough again. I think the prosecco went down the wrong hole. That's what it was. <laughs> we don't want <laughs> that. We don't want that tonight. Drink. We don't want that tonight. Mm. We're talking about the right hole. No, tonight. we want it to go down yeah, the right, right hole. Tonight's all about the right mm-hmm. hole. But is there a is there a wrong there hole? Is no That's very the good question. question. Is there? There's no every hole's every a goal. Hole's a goal. Every, every hole is a goal. Oh, every ho- a like, goal. have you tried it in your belly button? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just saying. I have not tried it. I'm just saying. You're already seeing the day, the theme of the day. You're already seeing where this is going. <laughs> So the theme of today, really, because the theme of this year's Disability History Month is relationships and sex and disability and hidden impairment, you know, we are doing a dating-themed episode of the podcast. So if you would allow, Dibola and I, are you ready for us to do our synopsis, Dibola? Yeah, let's do it. As people with disabilities were infantilized, therefore desexualized by society, when in fact we live full and healthy sex lives, there is a conflation between desexualization and asexuality, which is a sexual identity, and we ought to combat that discomfort with disabled sexuality with information and representation. Listen here. Adults with disability are capable and worthy of having sex lives and sexual exploration. Attitudes towards people with disability are more disabling than their actual disabilities. And that's actually one of the models of disability when society disables you more than your actual disability. Yeah, yeah, I hear that still. There is also a misunderstanding about hidden disabilities and individuals with hidden disabilities are subject to a lot of scrutiny and ableism due to the widespread ignorance about hidden conditions and disabilities. It's important to remember that not all disabilities are visible. Literally, not all of them are. Well, mine is, but not everyone is. And chronic illness and mental health conditions are disabilities too. You have to remember that. And as a disclaimer, we must respect how people self-identify and treat everyone with dignity and kindness. Dignity and kindness are the two key words I want you to take away from this. So it's imperative that we sit with someone who is sex positive and you know, talks about dating so beautifully and openly and is great representation as a visually impaired person who is loud and proud about who they are. And it's like, I date, you know, there is dick in this world and I'm going to try when I can. And my name is Jill. And vaginas. And vag- okay, sis. Okay, sis. Every hose a go. So tell us about yourself, Miss Joy. Oh, gosh, where should I start? 
from the beginning or from the podcast? Oh, from the just beginning. What was joy yeah. about your podcast, about yourself? Just how would you describe yourself to someone who's just meeting you in like a brief synopsis? Um, single. Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've okay. got to try and find a husband or a wife somehow. So we'll start off with I'm single. See, I, I love the um, fact that you're not even trying to discriminate. It's whatever comes your way, a husband or wife. I love that. Listen, I'm open. I I actually I actually think I'm pansexual. Mm. I I actually do because I I would date a transgender mm-hmm. man or a transgender woman. So yeah. I don't know. But anyways, that's another story. Envy. But yeah, so me, non-binary person as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. non-binary yeah. person, hundred yeah. percent. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm open, and actually, I heard someone speaking about it the other day on Clubhouse about being pansexual, and I was like, oh, like when I was listening to them, I was like, oh my god, I think I might be a bit of that, you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, so for me, well, let's start with the visual impairment. So I, I think I was four years old, and my mum said I walked into a lamppost lovely um and she was like yeah she said she noticed that one eye was smaller than the other I wasn't playing with the other children the same so she took me to the hospital and she said they said to her no she's fine she might just have a lazy eye you're a paranoid mother blah 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 and she was like well I'm not moving till I see another consultant and she saw another consultant and they said oh yeah she's got this disease it's called chronic uveitis and it's basically inflammation at the back of the eye from there there was, I think there was a couple of um, operations that I had in my eyes. And then when I was nine years old, I had cataracts and they removed the lens in my right eye at the age of nine. So I couldn't see anything in the right eye from the age of nine. And then it's just been the left eye and it's kind of got worse and worse over the years. So when I was a teenager, it got its worst. I remember kind of being in secondary school and being very embarrassed, very ashamed. I didn't want to use my white cane. I was like, no way. My mum was like, just use it to the bus stop. You can fold it up when you get on the bus. I was like, no, what if someone sees me? And yeah, I felt very isolated. I felt like I was the only blind person in the world, genuinely. Like, and I couldn't understand what was going on. But luckily, my mum was always quite like, she was, she was, she made me and my sister, um, my sister's fully sighted. She made us both be quite independent from a young age. And so like, as a teenager, I was doing my own washing and ironing. And when I started losing my sight, she still made me do that. And she was like, no, like, you can do this. Do you know what I mean? We're gonna have to figure out a way because do you know, she ain't doing it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, she used to let me go to the shop on my own and things like that. My sister used to tell me actually that my mum would follow me, but I didn't know. I thought I was going out on my own and I was all independent, but she was worried, but she wanted me to be independent. And I'm so grateful that she did that because I moved out of home when I was 18. I got my first job and I, and I lived on my own and I would not have been able to do that if she had like done everything for me. I have blind friends that, you know, some some of their parents did do that. They did everything for them. And then now as a big, big man or woman, they don't know how to tie their own shoelaces or pour a bottle of Coke. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's really important. Um, and I'm glad that she did that. So yeah, I was living on my own at 18, working. And then I got pregnant at 20. It was a casual thing. It wasn't like a relationship. Got pregnant. Yeah, I had my daughter at 21. 
And I remember like, because I didn't really speak to my mum about sex, relationships, nothing like that. The first conversation was about like, mum, I'm pregnant. And um, I was so nervous to tell her. And she was actually the best like person to speak to because she was just like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. But like, whatever you want to do, like, it's fine. I'll be there for you. Yeah, she has. She really has. My mum has been my biggest support. Yeah, you have a great um, mum. Yeah, it sounds like I really it. do. It does sound like I it. do. Honestly, like, obviously, when I was a child, I didn't, I didn't realise it. No one does, no, no, right? No. But as an adult, I see, like, her pushing me and making me do things was honestly, like, for the best. Like, it was for me. Because now as an adult, I can live independently, look after my child, because I know how to do the basic things. Mm. She didn't wrap me up in cotton wool. Yeah at all she didn't but she was supportive yeah, you know yeah. i think that that's fostered your sense of independence and how you navigate the world and you know now and you can pass that on to your baby girl because you had that healthy sense of self and independence mm. so you know that and you know it to pass it on i feel like parenting is all about passing on what what you have and what you know and that's why a lot of people are in therapy or broken because a lot of our parents didn't have the tools they didn't know so your mom gave you some great tools to pass on yeah no definitely and also i think it's funny because she my mom is an able-bodied woman and so having then having a child with a disability I, I kind of wondered to myself, like, what made her do that? What made her push me? Because actually, me being a disabled person, I could, you know, if, if my child did, um, if she does become disabled at any point, you know, I know what it's like. So I could say, oh, you know, it's still good for her to be independent. But if I was able-bodied, why would I think like that? I would just think, oh, my God, I've got to do this for her because she's going to hurt herself. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of wondered to myself, what made my mum be like no joy you can do this da, 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 da. rather and actually people especially in the black community were saying to her like you know why are you letting her go on out on her own it's not safe she's you know is she okay did it like she could have listened to them mm-hmm. and not let me out i have a friend um who's in the dope black disabled community and she has a limb difference and she's a you know she uses prosthetic uh limbs prosthetic prosthetic legs and that girl will be on the dance floor glenn we know um she's she's one of our friends and glenn like put on music my sis will be dancing but she's like you know when i go back home the aunties are like please please sit down you hurt yourself please please and at first she was like oh uh, when i go back to ghana people treat me like a queen everyone does everything for me and then the other she 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 was like no actually no they're actually othering me and they're pitying me and they're like oh no 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 you know she she has a limb difference she's disabled we have to and they don't even have the vocabulary or you know they're just like oh something is wrong we have Mm. to we have to protect her we have to help her you you can't do all that don't don't do the dishes it's like i I do the dishes at home you know she's one of the most Mm. independent fiercest women i know but then go back home and they're like no 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 here's the cotton wool let's wrap you (laughs) you know yes i think it's really important when you have parents who have the foresight to make sure that you're independent because they're preparing you for a life out there that's going to be unfair. And I think as black parents as well, you know, we have a responsibility to our kids to make them as competitive as possible. And if you have, a, a, yes. you know, exactly, if you're, if you're disabled as well and like being black, it's doubly hard. So I think 
you know, your mom had a, a beautiful foresight to make sure that you were competitive in the world that was coming your way. I think that's a gift, you know. I guess it, it does help if you are black with this kind of problems because obviously we we're already coded and hardwired to make sure that we make a success out of every situation we're in, which I think is what's one of the things that's helped. And my mom's the same, to be honest. Yes, it's yeah, same. So how has dating been with the visual impairment? Like, what are the mandem saying? Uh, the mandem. Hey. Or the man women. <laughs> And the woman then. Well, well, and the gal them. And the woman then, and the gal them, yeah. Well, the fact that I'm still single speaks volumes. <laughs> um, but do you know what? So in terms of, okay, so I'll say this first, right? I think for me now, the challenge is being a parent and trying to date. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Let, then let's add on the disability, yes. okay? Because obviously there was the disability first, but now there's disability and child imagine it's just hard you know what it is right so I would say that being a woman and not being able to see I found that most so mainly I date men but I'm open to dating women just saying if there's any nice ladies out there tonight (laughs) um the majority of men that I've dated have been obviously like they've been okay with the fact that I can't see I feel like men try to be protectors. So the fact that they might have to hold my arm and guide me about, I don't think they really mind, if that makes sense. But you do, like, I have come across some small-minded people and that has been difficult. Like, I remember I was talking to one guy, this was a few years ago, and I always put, like, on dating profiles that I have a disability and I put that I use a cane. Because sometimes when you say visually impaired, people don't understand, like, what does that mean they don't get yeah, it it's yeah. either you're blind or you're not they don't understand the spectrum yeah so I always put on there that I'm visually impaired I put that um I use a cane you know I call it my pimp stick and all that I always put it on there so they know you know what I mean and as I say like I would say eight out of ten guys fine don't have a problem with it but I had this one guy and he we, we was talking we swapped onto whatsapp started talking and I and I said to him before we swapped onto whatsapp I was like you know did you read my profile you know I can't see blah 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 yeah yeah that's cool that's cool then we started talking then one day he asked me like so tell me more about your site like how much can you actually see blah blah, blah. so I was telling him my story da, 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 da. told him I've got 10% vision the next day don't think he did unblock me I said yeah. Wait, I don't get okay. I don't this is how it is. So, I don't I don't like and I was like obviously I know that's the reason because we literally didn't speak about anything else. It was just that I literally the voice notes, I, I told him my story, told him how much I could see, and he blocks me. And do you know what? At first it hurt, I'm not gonna lie. But after that I was like, Do you know what? I'm glad A I didn't meet him because imagine that if that happened in person, like I showed up and then he just walked away, that would have been worse, mm. right? And B, I'd rather people show me their true colours like before I catch feelings do you know what I mean I didn't catch I didn't have feelings for him we was talking it was early and now dating I know to like kind of protect myself so I always like because again like when I say to people like I'm visually impaired I can't see they don't understand it and also speaking to someone on the phone or having a video call with them yeah is different to meeting up with them when I'm out on the street with my cane People treat me differently. People move out the way. People drag their kids out the way. People like, watch out for the blind girl. Like, it's very different. And I need a man or a woman that can deal with that. Do you understand? Because people are not staring at me just because I'm sexy. Do you know what I mean? They're staring at me because they're like, oh my God, she's blind. Is she blind? Why has she got glasses? Oh, I don't, they don't understand. 
So I need a partner that can handle that. And that's what I'm looking for now. Like I'm 27. And when I'm looking for men and women now, I'm like, I need someone I can build a life with. And you have to have that level of maturity to understand that when I go out, I might walk into a lamppost. Do you know what I mean? Oh, girl. That's a crazy image to have. (laughs) Not the lamppost. Not a lamppost. I mean, I did it when I was four. Do you know what I mean? You have history with lamposts at this point. You know what I'm saying? But I feel I need people to know that visual impairment, hearing loss and hearing impairment stuff, it's it's all a spectrum. It is. It's all a spectrum. People want you to either have like astigmatism and just need like corrective glasses or to be completely like um you know the everyone's favorite favorite blind reference stevie wonder people are like oh even stevie wonder could see that like everyone every person the um if i had a pound for every time i heard someone say oh it's stevie wonder could see that coming like they they love that 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 example and it's like no visual impairment first of all how dare you ableist but it's a spectrum it's a whole like spectrum. Almost, almost everything is a spectrum even you know being paraplegic yeah. you know you get some people who can walk short distances as well and some people who can't walk at all so literally if you watch the olympics you you'll find that you know almost everything is a spectrum and you have to understand that you know there are yeah. different levels of ability um, and disability and you must be comfortable in understanding and asking questions you don't understand or researching at least 100 percent. yeah like i'm an ambulatory wheelchair user but if i'm having a good day and you know little miss morphine is doing her job i could do do a little one two step on my crutches but people are like I, I saw you on your crutches. What are you doing in a wheelchair? You're faking. <laughs> you know, because people do not understand. I feel like disability is not understood. Yeah, I agree. A lot. And it's just difficult when you're dating. But you are very sex positive and body positive and very vocal about that and proud. How did you come to that? What has your journey been? That's a good question, actually. I never, I've never really thought about it. I think... I think kind of when I started my podcast, it kind of made me more, do you know what? I'll tell you what made me more like, like feel more able to be honest and open is actually listening to other black women. So I listened to like Aloni, I listened to the Receipts podcast and actually like having role models that were open and honest and still like amazing. And I was like, wow, like, okay. And then also I I kind of realized that when I was growing up, I didn't hear any visually impaired woman talking about her sex life. I felt like, as I said earlier, I felt very like isolated and like I felt like I was the only blind person in the world. And so now I've come to a point where I'm like, okay, well, I'm living this life. I'm having sex, allegedly. allegedly. And I can talk about it. It's okay. I feel like just talking about sex in general has become more tolerated um the only thing I was worried about at first on the podcast was my mum hearing it but after my mum heard one two episodes I'm like mum it's not for you don't listen and now she doesn't and now I feel as free as a bird to say what I want about sex relationships I really don't care I think it's really important because we're all doing it this is the thing like we're all having sex why can't we talk about it do you know what I mean we're all getting STIs allegedly (laughs) and um 
and and we're getting and we're getting slush and BV, so we should talk no, about it. Not the vaginosis, not the bacteria vaginosis. <laughs> but girls are getting BV, yeah, and thinking they've got an STI, <laughs> and it's like no, babes, you don't. How many okay? girls stop washing with how soap? How many guys with like mess are messing up girls' pHs on a daily basis? How many guys exactly. have acidic pee from bad diets that are only eating boss man's chicken and drinking <laughs> KA all day? Like, Not boss man's chicken. You know, so we are out here knocking boots, okay? <laughs> like, don't be... I feel like I kind of have... Uh, turning 30 in July, I'm in a very free position where I talk about sex with my mother. My mother mm. is the most, like... My mother eats tongues for breakfast. If she could say hello to you in tongues and you would understand, <laughs> she would. She'd wake up in the morning, shamana man. Like, what's up? Like she's on that level. <laughs> like, but then she's also very open. Like very and I I don't care. I'm I've always been the black sheep of the family. I call bullshit whenever and my my two siblings are like uh, well, we know, and they'll say in private, but I'm forthcoming with it. I'm like, no, I call bullshit. And I've always been like very like calling out homophobia and transphobia and stuff like that. And then now I'm just like, oh, if I bring someone and you have to use singular they, them pronouns and it wraps, messes mm-hmm. with your, you know, mind, it, 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 it does your own. So I've always been that child mm-hmm. that's just like the out there child that's and we talk about this so i feel like it frees you growing up frees you and i'm just like i'm grown i'm grown Mm -hmm. listen at this point my mom knows where all the skeletons are buried but she doesn't know the like what the skeletons look like do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so no no she like no i'd have to be sedated and be like oh once i was tied to a bed and then this happened like it's a rough outline like you know we're not in kansas anymore sis but she doesn't know like the map to kansas mm-hmm. you know dorothy mm-hmm. don't know the map but she knows we're, we're in kansas no more <laughs> so so it's, it's beautiful growing up hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We've kind of covered this a bit, but would you like to expand? We always ask this to all our guests. How does ableism show up in your world? How does it show up? I mean, it it shows up all the time. I actually had a guy I was speaking to literally last night and he said to me, I obviously I was talking to him about my 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 vision, and I told him I was blind in my right eye, and he was like, well, "Why don't you wear an eye patch?" So, no, he didn't. I was no, like, he did not. No, he did. He literally <laughs> said, "Why don't you wear an eye I patch?" I was like, pardon? "I was like, why would I wear an eye patch?" And he was like, well, if you, if you can't see, like, why don't you why wear an iPad to cover it up? I was like, well, 
<laughs> like I was honest, I've never had that before. I've never had that question in my life. And I was like, wow. I was like, am I a pirate? Must I cover it up? Does it make you uncomfortable to see a blind eye? And this is another thing, though. It's that thing of like, so again, like as you said earlier, but you mentioned Stevie Wonder, right? And he wears sunglasses. And a lot of the times people or able-bodied people expect, like, if you can't see, then you should A, wear sunglasses. We don't want to see yeah, that, cover it up. Or B, cover it up. Do you know what I mean? Do a Gabrielle, get your hair. and yes. cover. No. It's not like, it's not, that's not the case. And I, I, I think, yeah, it's, that's a big, it's a big problem. Like I, I said, my eye, even when I got these glasses, so my glasses are like very thick lens. I, don't, I couldn't tell you the percentage. I don't know. Right. And I remember they said to me, oh, um, do you want, because obviously the right eye is blind. They was like, do you want just a thin lens in that one? And I said, no, no, no. I want the same. Thank you very much. Do you know what I mean? Like, but people like, they don't want to see it. Like, they, if you can't see, they think you should cover it up. Yeah. Why? Why am I covering it up? Like, I don't know where the right eye is looking. I literally have no control over it. I can't wink at anyone. I said this before on my podcast. Like, I can't wink at a sexy man because, yeah, yeah, I can't wink. Yeah, I don't know like what direction this eye is going in, and I don't give a fuck. You're gonna look at it and you're gonna enjoy it. That's it. I don't give a fuck. I'm not covering it up for nobody listen when i'm top, when i'm on top of you we're gonna make eye contact whichever you're gonna follow my eyes so we make eye contact <laughs> you exactly you follow, you follow my, my eyes. eyes you follow, follow my eyes mr follow follow please <laughs> <laughs> oh, no um i oh, remember God. when i first got diagnosed with idiopathic intracranial hypertension one of seven conditions that just want to mess with my life but I first had complete like vision loss and then when I when my vision was coming back my nerve on the left eye was constricted and I really I couldn't see I had like minimal vision and when I could see light it was refracted it was like a star everywhere even though it was just one light it was like bouncing everywhere and it was just when family friends came to, so my mom, my dad, and my brother, my dad was still alive. This is 2014. They'd come to see me. They were like, oh, they were nice. They were kind. They didn't let me know that something was off. Family friends outside mm -hmm. the family had seen me. They were like, whoa, what's up with the eye? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what? what is it? What happened? <laughs> they were like, your eye, your eye looks weird. It's, 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 it's not moving. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. And then when I would try and move it, I, I, I would feel a, like the nerve in my nose. Like I would feel pain in my nose. So that's how I knew like the optic nerves go through, like even in your nose, because I could feel that whole area. So I've I've had that whole thing and I had to wear an eye patch because of that. So I remember like people, uh, -uh cover it up. <laughs> that looks weird, <laughs> scaring people. <laughs> So I have first-hand mm. experience of people going, what in the hell is that? Mm. <laughs> so what obstacles have you faced that are unique because of your disability? We kind of covered this, but, you know, like, when do you think, okay, you're taking me for a mug just because of my disabilities? So what obstacles that are unique to you in dating just because of your disability? Unique to me in dating? <laughs> I mean, my one of my exes, I remember we were still... It was at the early stage. It was talking, like we had met a couple of times. It was still quite early in the relationship. And I just remember him saying to me one time, like, oh, I told my sister that I was dating like a blind girl. And she was like, oh, um, what do you talk to her about? 
Stopped. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. And I was like, what the fuck? And then, it, do you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, okay. Like, and then it, it makes it very awkward because then obviously when I now meet that sister, like we had like a family dinner, right? It was like the mum, the, the mum, the dad, the sister and the aunt, the weird auntie and the grandma. <laughs> the grandma was lovely. Yeah. But you know, like when you know people have asked stupid questions, I'm just sitting there thinking, this is stupid. So what stupid question are you going to ask yes, me now? Sir. So there was things like that. And I was like, do you know what? I think there was also like sometimes meeting like, so obviously their family, but sometimes even their friends going to events with them. Because even if you find a person who is okay with, you know, your disability and you loving you who you are, it's sometimes it's the people mm. around them. And so that is something I definitely look out for now. It's like, I, I remember I even said to one guy, he's Nigerian and he said he had like sisters and a mum as well I think he had no brothers right and I said to him I was like so what do you think your family would say like if they met me because as much as we like we don't like to admit it I know what our people can be like do you know what I mean it's like she is she okay do you know what I mean can she could she look after the children Did it, you know you know what it's like and he was like oh well I think they'll be all right he said he, he thinks they'll be all right with it as long as he's happy blah 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 but I'm just very skeptical like with everybody um and it is something that is like it always sticks in my mind and I and I do worry about it if I'm really honest with you it's not just about a finding the right person and you know it is yeah it's like for me the biggest obstacle is is the public and the public's perceptions because a lot of the time when you have an able-bodied person with a disabled person they're like oh aren't you good looking after her it's actually very interesting you said that, but I'll come back to that in a hot second. So, obviously, you just mentioned that, obviously, you've spoken to a Nigerian person before. Obviously, I'm Nigerian. Um, hey. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what do you find? Is that Do you find that with culture, you know, the approach to disability and sexuality, generally, there's a disparity or there's a difference there, you know, as opposed to, I don't know, talking to a normal British person. You know, do you feel like Africans as a whole or Black people generally or just people? Or, I don't know, any type of people act differently when it comes to sexuality and being disabled? Yeah, I I feel like a lot of my, like, African people, as I say, even if it's not them, it's their yeah. family or something, and they... they what it is is they um, underestimate my ability. Okay. Do, yeah. do you see what I'm saying? So there will be there will come other questions. Like it's not just a case of you dating that woman. It's like oh, but can she cook? Can she clean? Could she look after yeah. children? Do you know what I mean? It's all of that stuff. I mean, I don't date white people, so I, I don't know like really what it would be like or what their perception is. So I couldn't say like what it's like from an English like person's point of view, but. I yeah, I definitely find that with Jamaicans, <laughs> I found that um, I've got friends there, a lot of friends that are Jamaican, and they say to me like, if, if you go to Jamaica, Joy, don't be don't be offended if they say yo blind girl. Oh, no, that that is like, so oh, true. Okay. <laughs> like they they're very yeah. direct. Oh, yeah, that is do you so know true. what I mean? That is so true. Like they'll literally call you blind, the blind girl. girl. Yep. You blind. Yeah, they don't have a goal. Blind girl, white panic. <laughs> yeah, they they haven't got any filter. I can't lie, they haven't got no filter at all. They just say mm. they, they call it as it is. And it's a nickname. It's more like an endearing nickname. It's like one yeah. blind girl. <laughs> Come sit by my side. But they kind of state they state the obvious. Yeah. they don't care. That's what it's it not is. malicious, they just, but it's just, just not care. like it's not sensitive. You know what I mean? Like, it's not. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. 
no uh, no i i know <laughs> even like in the on the southern tip of africa where you know my family originates everyone is just like ah she's blind okay would the children be blind as well oh all right <laughs> yeah. is it genetic oh okay so how does she know what you look like if she hasn't seen you <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, love, love is good. <laughs> oh, God. Can we can you talk like that for the rest of the episode? Uh, please. I love it. I love it. It's doing this to me. Oh, my but God. That is number I can hook you, you know, anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no, I had that question a lot actually when I was pregnant with my daughter. Is, is it genetic? Is your daughter going to be blind? Is the dad blind? Like, yeah, all us blind people, we just shag each other, of yes. course. Yeah, I had that a lot, a lot. And I also had one, uh, I think she was like a health visitor, and she was like, oh, is your husband at home waiting for you? I'm like, husband, <laughs> where? Husband, where? Oh, because that's another thing I think as well, is that people don't assume that disabled people are having casual sexual relationships. We must be married. The person must be looking after us, of course, because we can't do anything yeah. for ourselves, can we? And they must love us. They We must be going home to them and they must be cooking us dinner because we can't possibly yeah. do anything yeah. ourselves. So, yeah, I, we, I get that a lot of people. And that's, again, that's another reason why I talk about sex so much on my podcast, not just because I'm a slag, <laughs> but that as well. But because I'm like, it's important though. It's important that people know, you know, we don't all want relationships. I mean, obviously I want a relationship now because I'm knocking on 30s door. Yeah, do you know good. what I mean? But we don't, we don't all want, I'm sorry, man. But we don't all want like serious relationships and marriage and children. It's okay. Like, it's okay. Like we can have casual flings. It's okay. We can see you with 10 people in one night, allegedly. I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> Well, actually, so this leads perfectly to that. As someone who's sex positive and has a podcast covering the topic, of, the topic of sex and dating, have there been times where people have been too intrusive or felt entitled to parts of your life that you keep private? And how do you deal with that? No, I don't feel like anyone's been too intrusive really because obviously on my podcast it's just me and then I interview people. So I'm asking what them the questions life, and actually... In real life, mm, yeah, it happens very rarely. But sometimes, you know, people will think you're a certain way because you talk about sex. But I think what people don't understand is that I'm talking about sex. It could this could have happened five years ago. These yeah, stories that I'm telling, it doesn't mean that they're current. Do you know what I mean? And also, just because you're sex positive, don't mean I want yes. to have sex with you. Yes. Oh, you're okay. No, but there was one time I I did ask a guest a question about his sex life. <laughs> And I, I'd never heard from him after that, so I don't know if I went too far. But he was like, I felt, I thought it was funny, but I don't know if he did. But yeah, no, I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, when you talk about sex, and I, and I spoke about this with Aloni as well when she was on my podcast. I said to her, like, you know, when you're out and about, do people always talk to you about sex and just come up to you and just like be like, da da da? And it, it, you know, it's like we do, you know, I talk about it on the podcast. Yes, it is part of my life, but it doesn't mean I want to only talk about sex. And it doesn't mean I'm only having sex. You know, sometimes I cook spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> Yes, being being sex positive, uh, people just think all you think about is sex. Because I'm the friend that, like, at a friend's wedding, she was like kind of freaking out. She was like, "Oh, I know." I was, I was like joking about I'm gonna get it, but like I actually that it's it's 10 p.m. I'm I'm about to actually 
I have to, I have to deliver the goods. Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. Like she, it was her first time, and she was like, I don't know. I was like, hey, this is the time being labeled in a shower by the aunties works because <laughs> auntie this is what you do so you know when it with the with the acid cyst you do this you do that you do that reviews how did it work okay okay so you end up being the friend that everyone comes to for for like tips and and you know and i'm like oh 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 so okay okay <laughs> but mm. being the coach <laughs> And I actually considered at some point studying psychology with a, a, a minor in sexology and, and actually de- working with black women because we come from homes that desexualizes so much. But then also there's a lot of sexual trauma. Like, do you know what I mean? I said, oh, I need to work with mm. the sisters. But when it cold, so mm. <laughs> I have to work. <laughs> so, um you you've said this but you're a mother of a beautiful little girl how has motherhood changed the way you date like how joy dating before and joy dating now how has that impacted it's impacted a lot i um definitely have to think more about who i'm choosing also it's i'm not the kind of person that like every person i date does not meet my child like not at all and so again it's kind of like kind of making that choice as is this a man that I just want to sleep with or is this the man that I could see myself having a future with if it's the latter then I have to think okay does this like would this man be a good stepfather blah blah blah, you know because I have a child to think about also it limits you know let's be honest when you have a child I can't go out every Saturday for for a dinner date I, I literally can't you have to plan it and again it means that I have to choose people that are worth my while like I'm not just going on a date when I when I go out I'm not and I'm by myself that means someone else is looking after my child isn't it it means a she's either she's at school or she's with my mum or she's you know I mean it means I've had to make an arrangement let's put it that way and so if I'm making an arrangement it can't be for for some waste person do you know what I mean it doesn't make sense so I would say that being a mum has changed it in terms of like I have to make smarter decisions um, and it also puts a lot of pressure on you, to be honest, because you're like, if you introduce this person to your child and it doesn't work out, how is that going to affect them? I think it's great. That, that's yeah. so involved. It is, yeah. Sorry, I just had a, I just, a thought just occurred to me um, when I was just thinking now. So with relationships, generally speaking, you find that, well, I've found that a lot of disabled people tend to go into inter-abled relationships, so dating able-bodied people. Um do you find that, you know, people who are disabled struggle with intra-disabled relationships because they feel um, they're not fulfilled or they feel like they'll be stared at or, you know, some for some, some form of virtual signaling, you just feel like, you know, they're, they're trying to be as normal as possible. Do you find that at any time? Have you experienced that before? Have I experienced that? No, not really. I think when I was younger, I would probably say to you that I would have said, like, I wouldn't date another not necessarily disabled person, but blind person. Because at that time, blindness was all I, you know, it was all I surrounded myself with, right? It's only as an adult now that I'm learning about other disabilities and things like that. And so, but when I was younger, definitely I would I would have thought like, oh no, like I couldn't be with, a, you know, another blind person, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm like, no, like 100%, like I would date another disabled person, not just blind, like I, I really don't care. Like as long as you're a good person... Like I don't, I don't see that. And also I think it's, I see 
like I see people beyond their disability. Does that make sense? And so when I'm looking at someone, I'm not thinking like, oh, they've got this. So I, not, no, like I see you as a whole human, like you're a whole human and this is a part of you because I guess that's how I want other people yeah. to view me. Like she's a whole human, I'm a whole person. And actually sometimes I don't really feel like my my full self unless I'm around other blind people because yeah. actually we help each other out. We understand each other. And it's like, because, you know, like when it's like, when able-bodied people are around you, sometimes they can, like, pity you. Or even if they're trying to see you for who you are, there's always that sense yeah, of, yeah. Oh, let me do that, or oh, I'll do yes. that quicker, or oh, let me help, let me help, let me help. But actually, when we're all in the room and we all have a different disability, we can all help each other. And actually, and I we like love that each other's jokes. Like, yeah. because people feel, yeah. like, non-disabled people feel awkward when we make jokes about our disabilities. It's either one of two things. Either they feel awkward, they're like, okay, uh, do I laugh at that? Oh, no. Oh, 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 bless you. Oh, no. Or they now feel too comfortable and they go too far and try and make a joke themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, you don't do that. No, no. Yeah, I've seen that <laughs> happen a lot of times. <laughs> you know, like uh, Christine, she also hosts this show and she's one of my closest friends. And Christine will make a leg joke on a whim like she is full of loaded with leg jokes because she has a limb difference and wears a prosthetic leg so she's like oh i'm always mm-hmm. ready to dish out a leg joke <laughs> and you see like some people are so uncomfortable she's like some people are they get non-disabled people get so uncomfortable they're like oh do i laugh at that oh i feel bad oh no i feel funny i'm going to hell but if they see an ableist meme on their own, in, in their own privacy of their own home, and there's no one watching, they'll be like, kah, 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 on their own laughing, <laughs> you know? So it's a double standard. It is. Yes, you know? it is. But um, no, so what's one misconception about you that you face from people in general, but also in dating? Oh, oh, a misconception about me. I don't know. Maybe that I'm just not fabulous, <laughs> yes. but obviously I am. I don't, I don't know. Do you know what I think actually a misconception is that people think I'm very confident. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm actually faking it, faking it till I make it. That's what it is. I'm faking it till I believe it. 100%. Yeah. Especially when it comes to dating, I feel like that is like my biggest fear. I think, yeah, like one of the things I find is like, I mean, you know, we've touched on it, but I I feel that people feel like it's okay to speak to me on an app or on the phone or on a video call. But I do feel like it's different when we meet in person. And I'll never forget, like, my very first ex once said to me, because we were just sleeping together. Well, I say ex, he was just casual, but we were just sleeping together. And i never forget one time he said to me, I don't want to be seen on the road with a blind girl. And that has always stuck with me. And I'll never forget it. And I think in the back of my head, that kind mm. of like puts me off sometimes dating or meeting people because I'm like, they, they, they're okay to talk to me. But when they see like in person, when I've got my cane and people are staring at me, yeah. how is it going to yeah. be? 
Yeah. I actually never knew that there was a discomfort with um, being seen in public with a disabled person till a former carer turned friend came to see me and we were talking about like an in a recent incident of ableism that I faced and and she brought up something I'd never heard of. She was like, oh yeah, you know, there's some people who are uncomfortable to be seen pushing someone in a wheelchair in public or especially if someone is severely disabled and let's say they can't control certain motor functions and you know they you know they, let's say they're drooling or anything like that some people like they're like nope 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 don't want that but they're in the care industry and they refuse clients like that because they're like no uh, they're a support worker but they don't want to do first of all the personal care but they also don't want to be seen in public I it just my brain couldn't compute well, it, I happens, just... actually. it happens a lot yeah. like I, I was I was in a relationship before where my partner wouldn't, like in public, wouldn't want to walk next to me. She would rather walk ahead of me or, or behind me, you know, just like a couple of paces. So just enough so people don't know you're together. Does that make sense? So except you knew both of us, mm. like we're together, you wouldn't know just seeing us out on road, simply because she would walk a couple of steps in front or a couple of steps behind. Um, and she used to give well, very stupid reasons. Oh, the pavement is not wide enough. Um, oh, I just don't want it to be, I don't want us to be in the way. But, you know, when you say stuff repeatedly and say, oh, look, I noticed this is a pattern and they keep on doing it, you know that there, there must be something attached to it. And this does happen. Wow. Yeah. You, uh, I'm, as I grow older, I'm starting to, I already knew this, but it's now computing more. People do not see the world the same as you do. They don't, no. Mm -mm. people do not see not the world the same as you do my problem with dating like you know using crutches also being a plus-size woman and sometimes be needing a wheelchair is just like oh this is too much <laughs> this is way too much and what day am i gonna catch you am i gonna catch you on a high energy day that we can go out or whatever or am i gonna catch you on a day that you're like no i need to be in my bed with my laptop and you know um and okay you can only take about 10 steps to the car and then we'll go to the restaurant and when we come back you are tired and that's not i can't deal with that i can't i can't do that so dating with a disability is not easy at all you need someone evolved someone compassionate and someone who who is who is human if debola doesn't have any more questions i have one last question for you is there something that people expect to be difficult for you, but you actually don't struggle with? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking boots. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I've, I've actually, I honestly, I've had people say to me like, "How do you have sex if you can't see? Huh? Are you having sex with your eyes? No. Are but you having like, sex like this? What's, themselves. What's going on? Exactly. That's what I don't understand. No, genuinely, I've had that question more than once. Yeah. And I always say the same answer. The only issue I have with having sex is that I can't give a man um, eye contact while I'm giving them a blowjob. <laughs> That's it. It's sad. It's, it's sad. No, this is really sad. It's sad, you know, because, you know, like, apparently that's sexy. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Tabola, what do you think? I don't know. Is it sexy? I don't know. How do, yes, I don't know. Yes, I, 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 like, well, I can't do that for you. So I'm, I apologise. <laughs> this is why I'm single. I'll, do you know what I mean? I'll follow, I'll follow your eyes. Don't worry. I'll follow your eyes. I'll follow your You'll eyes. You'll follow my eyes. See, thank you. See? <laughs> this is what we need. A bit of understanding. 
<laughs> they have understanding. They have understanding. I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm broken. But I think obviously with the sexual attitude, I think what I always say is that ultimately sex should be fun for you and your partner. It doesn't require, it doesn't, I don't really care what form it takes or how it come about, you know, sex for different people means different things. And literally as long as you and your partner are enjoying what you have, it's all about having a good time, then yeah, by all means do you. I think that's what it's all about. I shared my sex capades on the uh, on an episode of the Broken Pussy podcast, and that's where it's staying until I die. <laughs> nope. No, 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 no. Love them. Shout out yeah. to the Broken Pussy podcast. We like them. Love the girls. Like mm. being blessing are still like you know I still interact with them on social media. Love, 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 love. But yeah, I I just I've just loved this, but. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I wish we had these conversations more often. And it's mm. been such a joy to have you on our show and to usher in our Christmas break. Ooh, we're taking a break, ooh. we're taking a hiatus, and we're coming back after Christmas. With more fire. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. Of course I knew that. <laughs> I'm part of the host, aren't I? <laughs> Did you? Are you happy you about that, You didn't have a play. No, no, no. no of course I'm not. No, of course knew. I'm not happy about that. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss you guys. I'm always gonna miss Kimmy. I'm always he gonna says. miss Christine. So, I always say. So, I always say. I know I miss my Christine equal, but um, we're taking a break. We need to take a break. Well, Miss Christine is traveling the globe, and you know, shaking that thing in Africa. You know, and Ebola. Bola is also jumping ship to the motherland and I will be eating mince pies and singing fa la 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 I just put my two trees up today. Two trees? Yeah, I've got a purple Christmas tree and a green Christmas tree. What you mm. you are you are living it up. You are living it up. It's gonna what? be Joy's Grotto. Yeah, oh. and I'm going to get a mistletoe, right, and put it above my flat door. So every time I get an Amazon delivery, mwah. <laughs> <laughs> you randy old lady, you. I am. <laughs> so we have a segment we call Say It With Your Chester, where you either defend a guilty pleasure or something that happened in pop culture that annoys you or... You shower someone with love, but you make sure that you say it with your chest. Joy, as our guest, what would you like to say with your chest in closing? What I'd like to say with my chest is um, if you get a tattoo of your partner's name on your face, like Summer Walker, you are a damn fool. It's an. It's the next album. <laughs> it's the next album. <laughs> Especially if their name is Larry. No offence to any Larrys out there, but it's not the best of names to be tattooed upon your face. I'm just saying, I'm glad I'm blind and I can't fucking see it. That's all I've got to say. Boy, not you saying he's Ashy Larry. Um, Debola, what would you like to say with your own child? Oh, mine is simple and it relates to the, it relates to the show today. It's almost Friday. I just suggest you go outside this weekend. Make sure that whatever you do, you're scheduling some time for some good sex. Hey! I use a condom. Use yes. a condom. 
Except you're, trying to, except you're trying to have kids, then don't use one. The content's boring, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> we need to replenish the earth, re-replenish the earth, so... The road is taking too many people. We need to, you know, repopulate the planet. <laughs> so, condom job, no. <laughs> no we'll start off with the condom and take it off halfway through. <gasps> I, oh, no, we, we do not... Uh, no, 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 this no, is no, a voice. No, no, no. This is dope, like, disabled HR. No, 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 we do no, not no, no, no. condone... <laughs> No, 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 no. No, I mean as a woman, that's what I do. I mean, I mean, that's what I've been told. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's very sexy. No, no, no. We do not condone. Don't we... let us say we does not sponsor this message. The only message we sponsor is consent. Consent. Everything what we've done with consent. If it's not yeah, consent. with consent. Yeah, but it's a conversation during sex. It's like, take it off, babes. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that to HR. <laughs> yeah, HR does not condone, does not sponsor this message. Well, actually, so my say it with your chest is a bit sober. We haven't met in a couple of weeks, so we haven't been able to talk about this. I would like to say with my chest that United Airlines killed Ingracia Figueroa. That's what I would like to say. And she deserved better. She does. And I say with my ample Jacob chest. And that's on period. United Airlines. You have blood on your hands. Of a disability rights activist. An amazing vegan woman. And a queen. So I say that with my chest. But joy, joy, joy. Yes, this is a darling. part of the show that we have to close and, you know, make the harmony for our homies. We'll come to the part of the podcast. We part ways. We hate to see you go. And we're sending you with a blessing of good health, protection, and prosperity. And may your God bless you. We'd like to Amen. thank our guest, Miss Joy's World podcast our sound producer miss chloe and bola my co-host and kimmy the the co-host thanks all round hey have a beautiful beautiful christmas and we'll see you in the new year merry christmas thank you for hanging out with us i hope you like us as much as we like you join us for bi-weekly episodes where we'll continue these conversations in the meantime, connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dope Black Disabled and follow us on Twitter at Diggy Disabled. See you soon! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.